This is your spoiler warning. If you have not seen this movie and you do not want it spoiled for you, this is the time to turn it off. Beyond here, we are not responsible for your actions. And also... Second warning, we are not experts. We do not hold ourselves out to be experts, and these are our opinions. Well, actually... Well, actually... Well, actually... Well, actually... This is all the sports on screen with the Well Actually Sporting Club. Here's your hosts, Maria and Saski. do you like sport? And I say that fully aware of the fact that this is a sports podcast. <coughs> you caught me off guard. I love sport. Wow, the actual almost tears in your <laughs> eyes just then. I'm not sure it's because you nearly choked as you went to speak or you're actually genuinely that emotional about the All topic. All the emotions. I mean, we do know in this friendship and this podcast that there is one person with too many emotions and that is me, that who will cry at anything, including sport. Yes. I have all of the emotions, she said in a flat, monotone voice. Yes. You, <laughs> the amount of things that you've turned around and been like, are you crying at this? And I'm like, no, it's just really, I really enjoy this ad about someone running. Like, but also all the times okay. where I don't even have to ask if you're crying because I already know that you are. Yes. Which is fine. So you really like sport. I do. I really like sport. I love it. But how much do you love hockey? Hockey. On a scale of 1 to 10, or are we just... Let's go 1 to 10. Okay. Hockey, the sport, I love... Let's give it an 8. Okay. How about you? I love hockey enough to have moved 15,000 kilometers here. So at that point in time, it would have been definitely like a 25 on the 1 to 10 scale. Okay. You know, it depends what day of the week it is, depends how the Toronto Maple Leafs are doing, depends how much alternate activities in cricket I have watched lately. But (laughs) hockey itself, I still genuinely love the game of hockey. Yes. Hockey leagues, hockey teams, hockey players, the (laughs) NHL. Those are all a little different. Yes. Less easy to define and but all tangled up, entangled, I guess, with the sport itself. And they're... They're pretty dumb, right? Like, it's pretty pretty dumb sometimes. Pretty dumb. What's what's the dumbest thing in hockey to you? And there is a lot on this list. Okay. We don't have all day. But I think lately one of the things that stood out to me was the all-white uniforms on the Dallas Stars, including the white pants. Hey, I worked at the Toronto Maple Leafs when they did the all-white uniform. And I remember just being like, this doesn't work. I mean, You're the, the black same color. with the fluorescent green was great, but the all-white look is not doing it no, for me. Actually, and, and anyone listening to this may have seen it going around lately, there's a really great image from a football game in Europe where it has snowed and one of the teams oh, is yeah, wearing one of the teams is wearing white and the caption is literally like there is there is two teams in this photo and you have to sit there and look and look and look and then you realize, yeah. There's a face there. There's some, like, cleats there. There's actually other people in this photo. Yeah. It's absurd. I it's thought it was a trick at first. And me then too. I was like, one, two, three. Nope, those are the, that's the ref and the linesman. So I was like, okay, there is another team out here. Are my eyes that bad? Do I need my glasses? I can't see them. Yeah, no, I definitely looked at it. And the funny thing was, I think 
three different people sent it to me, and each from a different friendship kind of area. I was like, oh, I'm glad that this has become my brand now. But you're right. It's absurd. There are worse Um, brands to have. There are worse brands to have. I mean, that uniform is just, that's one of the dumbest things in hockey. The women's uh, hockey face shield rule, I think, is also one of the dumbest things in hockey. Mm -hmm. Not that I want people not to wear face shields. Go ahead. Just let's make it a little bit more like, you know, gender neutral with its application. That would be nice. But... Really, and you and I both know this, and probably anyone with you know, a, you know, who's thought about hockey a little bit, the dumbest thing in hockey is fighting. Yes, there is absolutely nothing. And I used to be on the absolute other side of this. I was like, yeah. fighting's great; it's part of the game; it's necessary. And then I took sociology of sport and grew up and was like, oh no. I think that's the thing is so many people start out on the other side of like fighting's great, it's part of the game. Because it's entertainment, blah, 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 all of those things. And then when you start to peel back the layers of fighting and everything that surrounds it and goes into the sport and the game itself, you start to realize that, oh. You can't take fighting out of hockey, though, because it's hockey. What would hockey be without fighting? I swear if someone says that to me one more time, particularly someone on a news panel says that that's what it is, you're like... Oh, I'm sorry. I think it existed beforehand. And women's hockey is doing just fine without it. It also feeds into the whole thing of, this is how we've always done it. This is just how it is. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, we can't change things because we've always done it this way. "Mm, That's how pretty much every bad decision in (laughs) in history has started. (laughs) Or basically most of my poor life choices have started with Mm. that same kind of thread of logic. So what we're talking about today to explain why we're on this tangent about hockey and fighting, is we're talking about a movie called Hello, Destroyer. Yes. And we're talking about hockey culture, masculinity in hockey, all of these things that you're going to see in this movie if you watch it and hear us talk about it today. That's where we're going. Get ready to be sad. Get ready to be sad, yeah. (laughs) I've seen this twice and neither time have I come... I've come out and been like, this is a great great movie but I've also come out being like I am profoundly depressed now (laughs) and at least one of those times I wasn't actually depressed (laughs) so it's like okay great but before we hit that Mm -hmm. sport what's happening in sport right now because it's been two weeks since the last time we spoke and as we all know everything happens in two weeks yeah I mean it hasn't literally been two weeks since we spoke because because I'm living li- in my house. Because I'm living in your... <laughs> I'm, I'm currently living in Maria's basement on the good graces of we, her parents. We her upstairs sometimes for taken, meals, mostly. taken sympathy on me and let me join their bubble so I don't have to live in Toronto right now, which very appreciative for both daylight, fresh air, and companionship. Yeah. So, thank you. Um... No problem. It was all my doing. So, you know, <laughs> I guess keeping on the sport of hockey, the NHL is, is back. back. And it has. Entertaining. I shouldn't say entertaining because that's kind of mean, but it has NHL PR lists that tell us which players can't play due to COVID related reasons. Yes, safety protocols. Whether And that's a yeah. large scope. It's yes. someone they know. They may have had COVID. They may have someone they know who are in touch with. They may have had a test they haven't confirmed. All of these kind of broad things. But sometimes you do look at this and you're like, wow, I can definitely see that because I've seen you make questionable life choices before. (laughs) Yeah, there was, I saw you looking at the list the other night and there was definitely a judgment look on your face. 
Yeah, there's definitely a judgment look for about at least one of them. <laughs> like, ah, uh, you shall remain nameless. Your poor life choices are already... <laughs> Anyway, moving on for the poor life choices of <laughs> hockey players who haven't yet ascertained what the idea of a bubble and COVID regulations may be mm-hmm. in the states of Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania, Texas. Texas, Texas, Florida, all of these things. There was a, there was only half the Canadian teams that had some someone on it, so it'll be interesting to see where things go, what things look like, whether we get an increase, we get a reduction as people start moving around, all of that stuff. I hope, obviously, none of this happens because you don't want to be interested in things that possibly have people uh, being unwell, but mm-hmm. from a sociological perspective, there is some curiosity. Yes. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. 100%. There. But... Yeah. Your favourite news. Favorite. And so context, Maria took me to a Pitbull concert once and you may not have seen me, but I am the most Anglo-Saxon person in existence. I think technically you took me because you had cheap tickets through your job. That's fair. Regardless, we, Regardless went. we went to Pitbull and Enrique and it was great and Pitbull was great and this is relevant because... Because Pitbull has joined NASCAR as partial owner of Trackhouse Racing, which was it's a surprise. I didn't realise that he was interested in this area. Area, but now we have it's like michael jordan being like i got a team now i'm like oh yeah so now we cool. have 23 i guess it's 2310 my roman numerals are not good 23xi whatever racing that is co 2311 2311 i was close that is co-owned by michael jordan and denny hamlin with bubba wallace as its driver and now we have Trackhouse racing which is co-owned by justin marks and pitbull with daniel suarez as its driver. i would love to be just cool enough to have like one name to be like i'm pitbull Enrique Iglesias' name is both of those but when you say Enrique they know who you're talking about yes, right yes. I'd love to be that cool I think I could get away with it with my name it's just the cool part we're just not going <laughs> any, anywhere near or musical talent uh, yeah I, no I'm yeah yep no comment yeah. um, <laughs> so that's tone death basically is the gist of that um, silence or Mr. Worldwide if you will Mr. Worldwide <laughs> I couldn't believe in that concert how many times he actually worked the phrase Mr. Worldwide into it yep. but you know that was impressive yeah just wondering if there's merch available. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, do you know what Maria loves? NASCAR and Pitbull. Yes. So really, it's going to be a very short period of time. And she also loves Daniel Suarez. Yes. So it's all the things that you love in one easy should be on the front of a shirt package. Correct. So, Especially uh, the hideous NASCAR shirts. Oh, like the- I am all about the hideous yeah. NASCAR shirt. I want me a, like a hideous Chase Elliott championship shirt and being like, <laughs> sup, it's purple or whatever colour he's wearing at the, the time. Napa auto parts or whatever it is. Yeah. NASCAR is one of those things that I really discovered a lot more during the pandemic, which, mm. is, which is hilarious. We'd watched a bit of it last year and then yeah. this year I think I watched 30 races because <laughs> I was like... There's nothing else to watch right now. Yeah, and they're so long that it's good background noise for an extended period of time. That's why I watch five-day cricket test matches, because I'm like, hey, there's always something something happening. Um, In other news, we've finally seen the end of the saga at Arsenal, Mm -hmm. and we have finally seen... Mesut Ozil. Mm-hmm. I'm always terrified that I'm going to butcher his name because my pronunciation of some things is not great no matter how many times I try. Has finally left Arsenal. He's uh, on his way to Turkey. He's where he wants to go. He's doing what he wants to do. And it's we can stop hearing about it and him and everything in between. Yeah, I was on Twitter earlier today and they had a flight tracker for his Oh, flight. gosh. That's like the Mike Babcock coming to Toronto flight tracker. So he's there and hopefully, I mean, look, he's a complicated 
He's a very complicated individual. But I do think that in terms of that saga, it's best for both parties. A hundred percent. I think you can separate the different elements out to be like, this part of it is best. The rest of you is complicated and potentially a tire fire, but this part is best sorted. Like, this relationship is not healthy. You should break up. Yes. The end. And the one, the one last thing we'll touch on before we actually get into the, the, the kind of core of this show, <laughs> which is going to be so positively uplifting for everyone. As a quick community service reminder, the NWHL season mm-hmm. starts in one week. Yeah. Support women's hockey. Support women's sport. Find them online. They're showing games. Yeah, you can find them on social media. Yep, so. they're no broadcast. There is absolutely no reason for you not to watch it. The Olympians from the US that you love are pretty much going to be there, and it's great. Yeah, and I think the NHL has some teams that are sending cardboard cutouts or being involved in some way. To, That's like, fun. That's fun. Like, That's, That's like Ferrari so. at Monza yes. cardboard cutouting a stand. <laughs> Which is basically just Seb Vettel's way of mocking people mercilessly. It was great. He's pretty good at it. He's very good at it. <laughs> so today we're talking about, and if someone isn't familiar with the movie, they may not have kind of got to this point right now, we're talking about a movie called Hello Destroyer, yes. which is a uh, Canadian film mm-hmm. that we saw in Toronto. I don't actually think this was at a, oh, it was at the Canadian, it was what a Canadian-specific festival, I think top 10 films or something Canadian at the time. Yeah, I think it was at TIFF, but I'm not sure if we saw it there at their top 10 film. I never remember what they're called. Regardless, I was super pumped, and I think we had five or six people going with it. Yes. And then we watched it, and all of us were just like... Everyone who Maria had convinced to come with us was very slightly resentful about that situation (laughs) at that point. They're like, oh, I've been led up the garden garden path. So Hello Destroyer came out in 2016. Mm Mm-hmm. It is Canadian. It is Canadian. As you said. It's written, directed by Kevin Mm -hmm. Funk. Yeah. Tell me about it. What's it about? I know because I've seen it (laughs) twice, but give us an understanding of what we watched here. Yeah. Essentially, it is the journey about a junior hockey player's life that is shattered by an in-game act of violence, a fight. And he's desperate after that takes place to find a means of reconciliation and his sense of identity off the ice, of course, because things change so drastically for Mm -hmm. him in an instant. And his personal journey ends up shedding light on those troubling systemic issues around violence in the sport of hockey. So the core of this movie is hockey Mm -hmm. as a vehicle, but the director didn't make this isn't a hockey – hockey is the entirety of this movie. It is a hockey story, mm-hmm. but it is hockey as a vehicle. He's yep. more interested, he says, and, and mm-hmm. you can see in this movie, of telling a story about – About exploring institutional and systemic violence in sport and in our culture in general, I think, mm-hmm. specifically surrounding youth and, in this case, young men. Yep. Yeah. He, um, he yeah. made a good point when he was talking about it that if this was America, he would have used the military mm-hmm. as a vehicle yeah. because the the actual subject was less the actual events and more the journey in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were watching this and he spoke about that, it made me think of the universality of it because you could take this out, you could put it in Australia and you mm-hmm. could make it about rugby league yeah. and I would be like, yep, this story completely tracks to every single part of this echoes in the same issues that I would see there. Yeah, and I think it could be as well American football, those more physical sports where there is the fighting and that ongoing 
physical violence and contact throughout the games that they're playing. Now, one of the one of the main reasons he picked hockey mm-hmm. is because this is a Canadian film. Yes. And as every Sportsnet promo has probably tried to tell you at some point or another, hockey is Canada and Canada is hockey. And often hockey is the best vehicle to tell a story to the people of Canada, even if it's one they don't necessarily want to hear, like yes. this one. You know they're going to pay attention to it because a lot of Canadians are into anything relating to hockey. It's, a, it's very much the cultural it. fabric. Yeah, they will consume it. Hopefully a lot of people did see it. Maybe even they were going in expecting something completely different, like I was, but in the end, maybe they learned something. Who knows? Yeah, we <laughs> definitely came in expecting something around this, but we didn't... I think this was a lot more confronting than we had expected. Brilliant, mm-hmm. but but a lot more confronting. Yeah, yeah, and he wanted to make something that was aggressively Canadian, mm-hmm. which, like you said, we're told every single day on like hockey commercials that hockey is Canada, Canada is hockey, blah blah blah. We're the best in the world. All of this, bah, 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 yeah, all all of the stuff. I love a good that, Canadian so. explaining hockey to me and, and how they own it. It's just my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> So he went out and wanted to set something in the quintessential small city. Because really the space that he used, those are across Canada. Yeah, yeah. So this is based in Prince George, uh, BC, Mm -hmm. which is currently home to the Prince George Warriors, I want to say. I don't think they've moved out of the WHL or somewhat. No, Moose Jaw is the Warriors. Prince George is the Cougars, I want to say, or Tigers, something like that. We're going to go through every team in the (laughs) WHL before I get there. I don't know if this is meant to be that representative of that team or a lower level. Regardless, it's a familiar setting. It's a town of 90-ish thousand people and there's not a lot around. It's industry driven. It's these kind of things that make up the core of the good Canadian boy hockey community. Yeah, I found it really interesting because of how it's set. This film assumes that you already know the basics of hockey. It's rules, it's organization, kind of how it works in Canada. Because I think that, again, he was going for, oh, a lot of people are already familiar with this. Mm Don't waste time on it. Yeah, you don't have to explain it because, yeah. 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 And I think that's a really good uh, point because in so many of these things, you see them waste time Mm -hmm. explaining to an audience that does already know. You know, the majority of people who are going to see this, if not all of the people who are going to see this, have some understanding. And those who don't, don't necessarily need to understand the game to understand the events because they are so universal. It is an act of violence. It is an injury. It is the desolation and loneliness and Mm -hmm. and that kind of falling apart that comes afterwards. Yeah, exactly. This film is, and it is, as we said, you know, very uh, confronting, but it's beautifully filmed. Mm -hmm. Not in necessarily a beautiful, soft, gentle way, but the actual Mm -hmm. cinematography of it, even the colouring of the imagery is just really well done there's some beautiful shots where he's engaged in conversation and all you see is him as a silhouetted face Mm -hmm. there is some great moments in that with the interplays of how they are only showing parts of faces or parts of conversations and in that sense it's incredibly well done because it really does a great job of immersing you in the feelings of this young man who is having you know this thing has happened and and he's got there through not necessarily his own entirely his own doings mm-hmm. he's got there from a kind of cultural thing 
and it's falling apart and you're feeling it because it's so embedded into him the way that they filmed this. Yeah, in this film, less is definitely used more. It's not cluttered with a lot of dialogue, um, not unnecessary dialogue, I should say, which happens sometimes. And the use of the sound being separated from him yep. as well yep. um, to create that extra space of where you can see he's not comfortable in his surroundings. He doesn't feel part of the Agreed. team or whatever yeah. setting he happens to be in. I found that really interesting how they used sound as an actual tool in a way mm-hmm. that we're not necessarily used to seeing because they used the absence of sound as a tool rather than soundtrack or effects of those things, which obviously we hear in everything. They, they give us that mood and emotion, but the absence of it in this I thought was just so differently used and so beautifully used to kind of be like there is a complete loneliness here there's it's not a quiet scene it is a scene with the absolute absence of noise and I noticed that incredibly I have tinnitus the moment it stops (laughs) being sound I'm like why are my ears ringing yeah and the whole thing in that sense how they did that I thought was just I hadn't seen it and I thought it was great in this movie I found the use of the shots that he used accompanied with Mm -hmm. the silence where you would have his silhouette that just lingers on him for several seconds and there's no sound or maybe like the wind is blowing in the background a little bit. It makes you uncomfortable because there's nothing, it's just lingering, nothing's happening. It kind of helps put you in that state of discomfort similar to what the character is also experiencing. I think there is a lot of that. He uses the silence as a way for you to put your own feelings into it, your own interpretation of what you're seeing to draw your own conclusions rather than him telling you them or forcing them onto you Mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah. And I loved that. I thought it was brilliant. So there is some big messages in this movie. And the core of the movie, as you said, is about an act of violence. Mm -hmm. In this instance, it is a hockey hit. Yes. It is something that unfortunately we have seen Numerous times, we see it every year. This is something that is not foreign to us. Mm -hmm. But it is a hockey hit that comes out of a kind of a sense of retaliation because someone did something and they were being walked over and their coach had yelled at them and all of these super familiar things. Oh, yeah, got to fire up the boys. Like, yeah, boys. Like, (laughs) yeah, I can't even say that with a straight face because it just. It's going to be us being sarcastic the whole way through this because even watching this last night, we. dialogue that was included we've heard these phrases so many times and seen things like that i was like like, "Ah." i spent five years on boys (laughs) hockey teams and then another five years working with australian ice hockey league teams no matter where you go in the world there's about 15 phrases Mm -hmm. that they have and they use it yeah it's just you know that's really the core of, of where they are so we see this happen and we see the repercussions of what happens next we see how he's angry, he's confused, he's outcast by his team, and we go through this whole process. Mm -hmm. But, like, kind of in all of it, I guess, I don't want to say underpinning, but one of the big things you're getting from it is this idea from everyone else about how he should be doing, I guess, in a sense, masculinity, how he should be being himself, what his role is, what he should be doing, his place inside it, how he needs to be physical or violent, all of these kind of things. Like, that's kind of where it starts. Yeah, and make no mistake, I'm sure there will be people who watch this movie that also are like, well, he should have just done this. Well, why didn't he just do that? It would have been so easy for him to blah, blah, blah. And 
that it's not how right, it works. You're just right. completely missing the point there. I I think you know hockey sport in general, but in Canada, hockey is really one of the main places that we see in a sporting context mm-hmm. where um, people are taught the idea of masculinity. They go through the process of figuring out what it's meant to be because that's educated into them. It's how they can show it, how they can maintain it, how they can prove themselves, that kind of whole thing. And that's what we see in here from the get-go. Right from the start, we see the positioning of what they want his role to be, even if he doesn't feel like it's for him. Even if he doesn't feel like he knows that that is his role, he ultimately has no choice to go along with it because also he's a minor. And I think the importance of where this film was set to is that when you get to one of those junior teams, as you know, like the privilege, I use air quotes, quotes. of playing for them. So many boys are like, this is my shot. I'm going to make it to the NHL. I got to work so hard to prove myself. And it's just, you accept the role and everything that goes with it that you are handed when you get to a team. You don't question it. You don't question it. There is that real concern. And, And we know this story from, you know, there is the first scene in this features a hazing ritual and Mm -hmm. as far as what i'm aware of hazing rituals that was a pretty tight one they shaved their heads yeah you know like that not great obviously this all of that but when you've heard some of the stories you're like okay yeah but that positions it straight up for you like okay here's the power dynamic here's the lack of control these people have here's has these other people who are kind of creating this idea and what we see in that first thing is how Hockey is really saying the best thing to be in hockey, the best way, the manliest mate is to be tough, is to be strong and aggressive. And and that's really where they're drawing the first set of parameters. Yeah, 100%. And I think something that came to mind when you brought up the hazing scene and all of the terrible things that you instinctively know are happening is just the recent CHL class action. Yeah. Um, like where now people are finally feeling more comfortable to come forward and be like, hey, I experienced all of this huge list of terrible things. I couldn't speak up because at that point you're what, 17 maybe? Yeah. You're a child. And if you do speak up and you're Akimalu, yeah. you get your That's teeth like another layer you get your of, teeth knocked out yeah. you get concussed and then you find that your promising career slowly mm-hmm. starts to disappear to break yeah. down that was a big topic of conversation i was about to say last year and i was like no it was the year before last you know <laughs> what we, year is it again yeah we lost a whole year and that's yeah it's really they're trying to to build these these people into uh something they want and they don't challenge it we see that so much in this but it comes back to and i hate this phrase or, or this, no, no, just this term. It's not the phrase you're thinking of. We'll get to that one. But it's the idea like, of oh, hockey now. has a code. It's the code. Yes. You don't do things. It's the code. There is books titled The Code. Oh, yeah. Every sport has a code. It's just, yeah. I think the core <laughs> of what we see in this, too, is this this action, this hit. This is an acceptable performance of masculinity. This is what we've encouraged you to do. We want you to go out. We want you to stamp your dominance on other people. Mm-hmm. We want you to take them down. And then it just kind of goes, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help either from an outside-the-team perspective. While everything happening within the team feeds into that horribleness, our roles as spectators Mm -hmm. outside also completely feeds into that, even from how we put young hockey players up on pedestals as boys we aspire to date. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you go to a major junior town in smaller towns in Canada... 
dating one of the players is it's, it's a status symbol yeah, yeah. and and it's seen as something to achieve and i've seen this like i've worked with major junior teams i have witnessed this and be like cool yeah i feel like this is bad mm-hmm. like it's i was like oh they've definitely been to a party where i was like <laughs> what is happening here guys yeah it's just a whole nother it's a whole nother bowl game yeah so from that all the way into your role as a spectator when you go to a hockey game are you cheering on yeah. the boys that are fighting? are you sanctioning are you like endorsing the glass yeah. and yeah. being like yeah fight fight you know how many grown ass men you see beating the glass at a hockey game? Yes. Yeah, I, just, I do. You just, yep, uh, I completely. It's like, okay, guys, please, what are you doing? The thing that always boggles me with hockey is that, and this is, you know, slightly unrelated to the idea of, of them, uh, you know, masculinity being formed within this, which mm-hmm. you know, it is, is that hockey seems to be the only sport outside of fighting itself that finds fighting acceptable within it. Used to be in rugby league in Australia, it's gone. You punch someone, you're out. Like, that's it. I just love watching rugby and hearing the refs talk to the players. Yes. And they're like, yes, sir, yes. Yes. I'm sorry. It's it's nothing like it would be here, right? (laughs) It's totally different. But I just, it boggles me that that is something that in hockey that we find so acceptable because we're very much like, Sure, boys will be boys. This is just how it is. They're, they're just going to fight each other because they got too much testosterone not to. And you're yeah, like... it's very much for our entertainment and also, though, helps dehumanize the players in our minds as well so that we don't really see them as people. They're just bits and pieces to be yep, moved they're around. interchangeable. Yeah, they're interchangeable. And One of the things that they did really well in this is they did a really good job of positioning the idea of the, the masculinity of the man that they wanted him to be as a player. Mm-hmm. And the person he was. There is the scenes where he's sitting in a locker and he's withdrawn. He's in the corner. He's quiet. There's the scenes where he feels outcast amongst his team. And towards the end of it, there's a great moment where he's holding his, I'm going to assume it's his nephew. And it's soft and gentle. And the way that it all goes out, you see this contrast between who he actually is and, and, and who the sport itself is trying to merge him into. Yeah, it goes outside of the sport itself all the way to his parents and pretty much everyone not realizing that he's clearly struggling Yeah, and clearly reaching out mm-hmm. for help. And they're just like, well... The hockey player, he did a bad thing, so... And it's not our fault, and we had nothing to do with it, and we didn't contribute to it in any way. Yeah. You know, it's like, we didn't encourage them to go and start a fight. We didn't encourage them to go and do this, you know, the moment it goes wrong. And we've seen that with the amount of NHL speeches we've seen where someone's like, "Uh, you know, yada, 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 it doesn't represent you. like, yeah, Yeah. but you kind of implicitly condoned this, like, implicitly were like, this behavior is fine. This is the outcome. This is what we want. We just don't actually want this outcome. Yeah, I was reading an interesting quote that basically was like, there's a level of hypocrisy that exists there because when something good happens... It's for the team. It's for the team, and it's the result of teamwork and grit and whatever, but anything bad from a culture that encourages towing a very fine line of on a daily basis when you cross that line it's the result of an individual action it's the player they must be a bad person not a result of everything they've been conditioned to do up until that mm-hmm. point in researching this reading about both the kind of idea of, you know toxic and and that masculinity in sport and and the movie itself i, I thought of two two kind of 
not stories, but uh, events that pop into my mind. Mm-hmm. John Scott isn't an event, but John <laughs> Scott... Uh, could be, I guess. John Scott is a six-foot-six hockey player who is known for fighting. He believed that there was a role of fighting. It's about, you know, he's an enforcer. It's about keeping people in check, like yada, yada, yada. But... I've met John Scott as a person. The first time I met John Scott, he was peeling me off a lobby of a hotel floor because his child had just run me down by accident. And he's lovely. And he's not anything that you would think that would come with that. And even him on the ice at this thing that we were doing, it was none of that feeling. And so you're like, okay, you've adopted something in order to succeed to be able to play because this is a thing that you've been told. You know, maybe his role doesn't exist if we don't do that. And Mm -hmm. you know what? We can live with that. It may not work for him. It may for, you know, society. But it made me think of this, this idea of someone who might not be that, who isn't that on-edge, aggressive kind of person who is playing into that role. The other thing I saw that made me think of of this is the idea of violence in hockey is about protecting your team Mm -hmm. your teammates it's about standing up because something has been done to you it's about sending the right message all of these things yet so many times we see it used in the dumbest ways possible whatever could you mean and the specific one I, i i'm referring to and this is an older one, because Taylor Hall is a devil in this one and Jakob Markstrom plays for Vancouver. There was a hit a couple of years ago. Taylor Hall knocks out Philip Larson of the Vancouver Canucks. Larson is out cold, sliding across the ice, and a melee breaks out. No one goes for Larson. Everyone starts a melee. There is like eight different members of the two teams shoving each other, pushing each other, trying to fight each other. Someone nearly steps on Larson's unconscious face. Someone jumps over Larson's unconscious body. And what it takes is Jakob Markstrom, the goalkeeper, essentially skating out and putting his own body and gear between this melee and the unconscious person, while another one of the players tries to shove all of them with a stick out of the way. That is protecting your team. You know, to me, because in that moment, you starting a fight over there is going to do nothing to help this person. You're just, you know. It's almost like... um, And the two people that were helping out were Swedish. Just I feel like there's maybe a cultural element there that could be... It's very animalistic in a sense. Yes, yep. And not saying that those players specifically are animals, but... It's just it's the reaction to yeah. how yeah your reaction is conditioned to you're told that's what you're supposed to do, and I think a good example in the film that we see is this violent hit that he does is a direct result from the coach screaming at them during oh god yeah the thing like the you've been screamed at by a coach before yes. it's awful. Like, yeah, but yes, I mean, like, as a side note for any hockey fans there, the coach's name is Dale Milbury. So I'm going to let you connect the dots on which two coaches you think that person is named after. Well, 50% of it is definitely Mike Milbury. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I, I love mean, that like, little bit. I love that little, like, throw-in kind of, yeah, like, very, like, Easter egg. Yeah. Um, and I didn't catch it the first time, to be honest. It was only... I don't know, know if they say his name in it is a full, in a full name. I think they might say, like, Coach Milbury or yeah, something. Yeah. And then when I looked in the thing, I was like, oh, Dale Milbury. Great. Perfect. Great example there. But yeah, he's screaming at them to protect the house. And it's not like... <sighs> when you 
break it down, it's a grown man screaming at children. Yep. And it's not just like he's angry. There are multiple F-bombs being dropped, like every other word. Protect this house. I can't believe you did that. You're playing like a bunch of girls, whatever the phrase. Oh, the wonderful, let's just, let's just compare you to women because that's bad. Yeah. Just, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. All of that. And so that's how they get the reaction out of the guys to go out and play tougher and be, you know. I think what also makes that scene so effective is there is a thread of truth that I think every single person can find Mm -hmm. to a situation that they've been in or a situation that they are aware of or something that they know they can find when they played sport or when they watched this or that there is a kind of universality in that kind of situation I found that the whole scene was incredibly confronting to me in the sense of I'm an anxious person in general, and there is a part in it, and and this kind of leads into our, our next big thing that we thought that this addressed, the idea of how hockey builds its own culture, the kind mm-hmm. of organisational way that sport builds things. And and there is, as we touched on earlier, this hazing scene yes. in the intro, but from a cinema, cinemographic point, there, there is a moment yeah. where the captain is speaking, and he's telling the rookies to come up and the rookies get up. And what you see down the side, like in the shot kind of behind, mm-hmm. is two guys coming from the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And you know in that moment that something's going to happen. And I remember the first time I saw that and I noticed it again today just being like, I can. I know this scene that's mm-hmm. about to happen. I know what's about to Even unfold. Even if you've never actually seen it happen in person, no. you know what's going to happen. You know something. You don't yeah. necessarily know what exactly it's going to be, but yeah. you know that it's about to be this. And mm-hmm. and it and it was. And <sighs> hazing is first of all, as we discussed, hazing is awful. There is no place for it in any sport or anything. The reason it is done, though, and the reason it's effective, is that it kind of, in this instance. It made them all the same. Mm-hmm. They shaved their heads. It brought them all into the kind of same level of humiliation. Yes. It cemented their position in the hierarchy that they were at the bottom, that they didn't get a say in things, that mm-hmm. they didn't have any form of agency, that they were kind of beholden to the kind of hockey yeah. thing. To their peers. And I think coaches also play a big role in this when they don't do anything about it. Their role, you know, like the big role they play is they don't do anything to stop it. So yeah, the humiliation for sure. And again, we see this so often. There's, I don't even know. Oh, there's always a hazing story that comes yeah. out about whether it's hockey or any other sport, anything, of like yeah. college sports, Yep. even in sororities. That's, yep. you know. It's this kind of it's idea of how you make a hazing it. incident gone too far. One person died and everyone's like, oh, how this happen? That's terrible. And then nobody does anything about it. Yeah. Going. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there was a serious incident at my school at one point, I think after, either prior or after I left. I know it wasn't when I was there. And that's country Australia. Like, it's not a... It's like a terrible rite of passage. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. I have been on women's hockey teams where they were like, we're going to haze you. They made you wear face paint and a shirt with a dumb slogan on it to go to a game. Like, sure, that's fine. Did I handle that well? No, but that's because I'm very anxious. (laughs) And I was so upset. They were like, of course, no, no, no. And no one made me do it because they were like, clearly you don't handle this well. And the answer was no, I did not. But it's totally different, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, you know, it's kind of like an entryway into breaking them down to socialize them into what's acceptable in hockey, what hockey is and asks for. And we see in this that 
you know, we touched on, he comes in as this kind of softer guy necessarily, and he's not necessarily about the violence. His kind of version of this is that. And then he has to shift to this other version of, of masculinity. And it's very much this hockey ecosystem being like, no, 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 you're going to do this and you're going to do it again and you're going to do it again. And it's acceptable. And it builds him into not necessarily even being someone who's like, I am this person because that is, you know, masculine or right or this. It's because it's what's being taught to him now as acceptable and how he should be and he's internalized that. Yeah. And we see that in this movie. We see that whole kind of spectrum. Yeah. The humiliation breaks you and then you're assigned your role, which in this case is enforcer for him. And I mean, this could happen to any of the enforcers that are in the NHL currently, like could have had the very similar path. And yeah. And I mean, I do feel at this point, I hope someone who is listening to this has listened to this before they have seen it. There is a trigger warning on this. If you yes. do not deal with depictions of violence, depictions of violence against people, mental illness problems, alcoholism, uh, potential animal suicide, death. animal death, all of these kind of things, this is not the movie for you. It is a lot. Mm -hmm. It's great, as we've said, but it is a lot. And I just felt that was something that, that before we did it on, I was like, should have started with this, but I, I hope mean, you've got to hear before you've watched we'll it. We'll put it in the description as well. So, yes, we yeah. will. Yeah. It just passed my mind. I was like, oh my, I, I must remember to put that on there. But we see in this, this idea that what we view as hockey culture is so conservative mm -hmm. and steeped in. No one in this movie is pretty much not white. There's maybe one character there's who one isn't. There's one, yeah, I was like, there's one indigenous character. Briefly, which I think, as I was watching this, I at first I was like, oh, there's not very many people of color in this, or black or indigenous. And then I was like, but I think it's not because it's missing something. That's no, just that's a depiction of yeah. what this town, what this league, what this everything looks like. Yeah. Because you know. You were talking to me earlier today or yesterday about uh, Willie O'Ree. The tweet. The tweet. Yes. <laughs> How a team was honoring him with a decal on their helmet and celebrating him and the barriers that he had broken for the sport to bring more people of Bring color. greater inclusion. Yeah, bring, bring more people of color more into the game. inclusion and diversity. And I was like, I get what you're going for here, but you can count the people of color that have participated in this league, maybe you would use all your fingers and toes, but I don't think you would get. Current players, you could probably do fingers. Yeah. But it, when they say broke down barriers and open doors, you're like... He didn't. Where, yes, but, like, where are we yeah, where defining are we, where did we go that? You know, like, you could be like, oh, like, Menon, Menon Rayum, uh, mm -hmm. butchering her name, broke down the barrier for women in the NHL. No, she played one period of a preseason game and there has never been anyone since. And like, the NHL was like, good job. Good yeah, job. the NHL was like, good, good job. Of, you know, That's enough. For it's, it's a very different kind of, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't do it. It's very like, we've done this. And you're like, no, no, you need to define this. <laughs> like, just saying that you've done this doesn't actually mean that this is um, practical. This is yes. not an application of reality. Yes. Yeah. And you don't live and breathe that like you think you probably do. Yeah, and I think something that we we maybe didn't see as much in this in an obvious sense, but it, but is in there, and that when we look at within particularly within the game of hockey, uh, players of color is the way that hockey and sport, and you know, I say that we are talking about hockey. There are many sports with many similar issues in various ways. This is just the one that we a a well versed in, and, and B is the subject of the movie that we watched. Correct. But there's that real idea of policing. 
-hmm. you know, policing what they say and what they do and how they can be so that it becomes acceptable to that community. And we just have to look at how people have, you know, dealt with, um, you know, P.K. Subban, Evander Kane, Mm -hmm. like, you know, all of that, J.T. Brown, like, yeah. It's, you see that in that sense that you step outside of the box of hockey, you get beaten back in. And we see that kind of in this two in an idea of you being beaten into there in the first place. Yeah, it's that whole thing of like, if you see a problem, I think specifically in hockey, not in the movie, but if there is a problem, you should protest, but only in a way that's palatable to everyone else. Yes. Which obviously does not accomplish any real change for anyone. But yeah, I think... In this movie, he's forced into a role that's acceptable. And so after the hazing, the humiliation part, then he's malleable, right? Yep. So he's taught how to express himself in a certain way via his role, and most of that comes through violence, Mm -hmm. to the point where he doesn't know how to express himself otherwise, other than through violence, whether it's... He doesn't have opponents. He has no mechanism for that. Yeah, and you can see throughout the film, again, how they use the dialogue. He doesn't communicate He he doesn't know how to... Like, verbally, he can't. They do a really interesting, from a cinemagraphic sense, with a lot of this, where there's a lot of off-camera discussion, and Mm -hmm. so it's focused on him, and he's not necessarily talking, but the conversation is happening between people off-camera, and it's played out on him in the visuals, in the expressions, in the kind of line of his shoulders, rather than his words, because he doesn't have them. So it kind of builds both of those things at once. Yeah, I guess I would liken it to if you were having an out-of-body experience and everyone was deciding what you were doing and talking about you around you and you are invisible yep. and can't interact with anyone to be like, no, I actually don't want that or that type of thing. You see him almost existing outside of himself in a way. So when we're thinking, I guess, collectively about this movie as, as a whole, as if we were to like wrap up and kind of come to what we think is probably the message from this... To me, I'm thinking that what people should also take from this, or I hope that they understand, is that hockey helps create this culture, but hockey isn't this culture. Hockey is a set of rules. Yes. It's a set of rules that govern a game. When I talk to people, I say, I love hockey. I don't necessarily love the NHL right now because the NHL is a organization. Hockey is a game. Hockey is in itself can't do this, but it's what we do with it. We take our culture and our conventions and our actions and we wrap them up in the game and use them together as a way. We use hockey as the weapon to enforce these behaviours. Yeah, the systems that have been created, basically. You know? Yeah, and I think it's it's very that what we're seeing in this is our culture. It yeah. is our society. Yeah. People tend to kind of get this idea that this behavioural hockey, and you see that in this too, you know, it's it's not the real world, it's not, like, it's, it's separate, but the reality is, like, hockey doesn't exist, like the internet, it doesn't exist outside of reality. It is the same universe. And so what we see in this movie is what we see in the streets, is what we see every is a codification of who we as a society are and what we allow. His character is a product of our environment, yeah. And I think if someone watches this and comes out and is like, oh, well, hockey is bad and bad things happen in hockey, yes, but you're missing the point here. Yeah. I think that's why the director really stressed that he made it about hockey because it's so aggressively Canadian. But it's it's part of how we, as Canadians, define Mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. But he said, you know, like you said, if this had been set in the U.S., it'd be probably would have used the military. Like, there's so many different 
aspects where you could drop this story in yeah. and it would work perfectly. It's a universal story, I think, for the most part. I'm trying to imagine how the English would do it because I'm like, I'm not sure if soccer works and cricket definitely doesn't. They, they might use rugby as well. Yes, yes, they'd probably use rugby because that's what I'm thinking. The, the, the tackle, the spear tackle would be what League and Union would be using as that defining yeah. event, um, which the is... Yes, the Super League. <laughs> anyway, we know yeah, we have we know we have Super League feelings. But I think you know, we think about hockey problems, we think about the NHL. We think the NHL needs to do more and the NHL needs to do this and that. And sure, they do. But the NHL is never going to be capable of fixing hockey. No. Because hockey is so much bigger. These problems are so much more systemic because they are culturally yeah. stomach. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that come out of this too. It's very much like hey, everything's broken or a lot of things are broken, you know? Yeah, the NHL could work on fixing itself Yeah, in a lot of ways, but 100%. it can't, you know, it can't the fix- only thing it could do really is be an example of, you know, say the 100%. Swedish Elite League or the German League or yeah. whatever, the KHL. The KHL. Um, <laughs> it could only yeah. be an example. It serves as a beacon rather than the yeah, headmaster. Yeah, like this is what it could be. Huh. We were also recently just like you in like blah, blah, blah. But now we've decided to move in this path and we think it's better for all of our players. Well, I think for that super uplifting but absolutely awesome movie, Mm -hmm. don't watch it on a day that you want to be happy. No, I recommend at least a good Friday night when you can have some wine while you watch it and just be sad be sad yeah because and it it because it, it deserves that almost in yeah. a sense i think if you come out and you're not you've missed mm-hmm. you've missed it so kind of that's our episode for today mm-hmm. thank you to anyone who is listening that does not share the same last name that i do we hope that in two weeks time mm-hmm. you join us uh, again where we're going to talk about something to do with sports and movies tbd tbd yeah i was about to be like we're just gonna go tbd if you liked it Obviously, please subscribe to listen to us. Please subscribe to my channel. Yeah, please subscribe to my channel below. You can find us wherever you have currently found us. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor.fm will give you everything else that you need. If you are interested in watching this movie for our Canadian peeps, we found it on CBC Gem, which is a free service. You just have to sign up for an account. So they have a lot of great content there. So go to town. Yeah. And you can definitely find it somewhere in the U.S. Uh, I know Amazon hasn't had it. Yeah, I think it might be on iTunes. It may be on iTunes too. So I definitely, you know, as we recommend, CBC Gem, iTunes, check them out there. But as we kind of wrap up on that positively upbeat note that is Hello Destroyer and the wrecking ball that is hockey culture, Mm -hmm. I'm Saskia. I am Maria. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.